start using cutting-edge warp speed 5G technology with your cell phone. Let me tell you about my friends at MobileMobile.io. They have an ultra-fast 4G LTE and 5G network that covers 99% of Americans. So they've got you covered everywhere. Think about it for a moment. You have the opportunity to take a test drive for 10 days with unlimited talk, text, and premium data. What is premium data? Premium data is an allotment of a cellular data that you receive from a higher priority on the network. You won't get throttled like you will with some of those, well, non-brand service providers. To find out more information, all you have to do is go to mobilemobile.io. That's mobilemobile.io to start your 10-day free trial. This show is brought to you by Safety FM. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Jay Allen Show. I hope everything is good and grand inside of your neck of the woods. Yes, it always seems like it's been some time from one episode to another where we, you and I get to hang out and talk about what is going on in this lovely industry of ours known as safety. Well, as you know, from time to time, we do jump on to conversations that are safety related and not safety related and all that kind of fun stuff. Well, don't get too confused today because this is actually a conversation related to safety, really related a lot of information about OSHA. And this is probably one of my favorite individuals that I get to interact with and talk about things going on inside of the industry. So I'm not going to waste too much time. And I'm going to tell you that today our conversation is with Sheldon Primus. Of course, we talk about all of the changes that are going on inside of the world of OSHA, and he'll give you exactly what's going on for you to apply it inside of your organization. Now, this is kind of a weird one because we did it as a as a double use. So let me explain what I mean here. The first half of the interview is me talking to Shelton or interviewing Shelton or however you want to put it, me and Shelton interacting. But the second half of it ends up being Shelton interviewing me for his podcast. I decided to leave the whole thing in for you to take a listen. Let me know what you think, and I hope you enjoy this episode as Sheldon Primus returns of the Jay Allen Show. SafetyFM.com So I have to tell you, you know that all these conversations are always nonsense between you and I, so there's really never a proper start, because I always think that did we should we have started recording before are we recording now i just never know anyways for those who don't know this is sheldon prime is coming back to the show i have to tell you i enjoy almost every single conversations uh or conversation that we actually have even when they're some of the bad ones but most of the time they're always good so welcome back to the show fair enough my friend fair enough <laughs> <laughs> that is great. No, I mean, no, I, I, I never know. I mean, it's like I love having you on, but at some point, people are going to be like, "Wow, how often are you going to have this guy on?" Well, I, if I could, I'd have you on all the time. Hey, we that that just means we need to do that more. We need to actually collaborate more if that's happening. So that's what the people are wanting. So we got to give the people what they want. Well, that's the fun part is that we're always trying to give people what they want. But here's the thing. You're always going out there and doing some things and taking some deep dives into some stuff. And this is what part of the reason why I wanted to have you back on. Not that I don't want to have you on at all times. I especially love having you on on that other show that I do, you know, that morning thing, whatever, whatever it is. But here's the thing. So we're seeing a lot of things changing now with OSHA and COVID and all that kind of fun stuff. And I know that 
if I have a question about OSHA, you're the guy to go to. So what are you seeing? I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I, I run into this and I'm seeing some changes. I'm seeing some new standards. Of course, we have a new president in place and so on. We don't have to go down that rabbit hole. But, <laughs> but we, can talk, we can talk about some of these things that we're seeing different in standards. And of course, people are talking about bouncing forward, bouncing back, bouncing some direction. So what are you thinking about this whole thing? Yeah, actually, it is one that even for me as the compliance guy, you know, hosting a live OSHA compliance show as I do uh, when I do the live ones. But truly, I am stumped, Jay. And I'll tell you this because um, it is there's two schools of thoughts right now going through the compliance side of safety because we all know the other side of safety where you go beyond compliance and you're going to do, you know, well above the minimum. Uh, in OSHA, to me, I tell my students all the time, it's like graduating high school with a D, you know, you're going to get out. You're going to get a good, you know, <laughs> a, a good I still graduated. I still graduated. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> oh, but, you know, you're not getting into Harvard. So uh, that's OSHA compliance there. So this one, though it's pretty particular because OSHA actually gave a definition of contact and that definition now is pretty much um, a variation of what the CDC says but in the phrasing they actually have the wording that says they could adjust per the CDC uh, but they're looking at contact uh, to be you're exposed to somebody either well, at work because that's their only jurisdiction uh, but you're going to be exposed to them closer to the CDC guidelines. And if they are asymptomatic or symptomatic in that case, you are now in contact with this individual. And I do that with air quotes for those of you who don't see that. So um, the contact portion of it, it's going to be challenged because there's wording in there that says contact by time limit. There's an actual time limit uh, function in there. And I could just see some Yahoo's, you know, going, okay, set the timer right here. <laughs> and let's go ahead and let's get in close contact within this time frame. And just before we go, let's break. <laughs> so, but, so hold on. So that's realistically it. So there's a certain time frame that they're allowed to be in close proximity. And then as long as they're abiding by that guideline, it's okay. Yes. So how do you prove that? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm thinking this is one of the things that I have. Uh, I, you know, me and my, my business partner and in, in my, my regular day job as a safety consultant. Yeah, you don't have call. a regular day job. You have like a thousand different jobs. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's the Caribbean in me, man. <laughs> hey, man, how many guys? You, you, I got 20 jobs, man. <laughs> so anyway, in the, in the idea is, I would now have to go ahead and in an informal conference represent somebody and then just say, how are we proving? Tell me how you're proving this. Uh, then you're going to have to go to litigation because in this case, I would tell my client uh, that I would go a little bit further on this one. So there's lawyers right now that are trying to say in order to do a, a standard the way it is, you have to show the need. And that's where you have your open comment periods and all that stuff, right? So we're getting the vaccine rolling out. You're seeing numbers going down. Therefore, if OSHA is now putting in a temporary standard to control something that is organically controlling itself through efforts, you know, <laughs> through global efforts, that means OSHA now transcended into politics. And even though it's a political entity, meaning uh, OSHA has to go to the Office of Management and Budget and everything else, and they have to go get 
all their different um, uh, all the things that they're looking for to make sure that they can keep advancing themselves. You'll find that in what's called a unified agenda. Uh, so when you're looking through the unified agenda in OSHA, it's pretty much a roadmap of what's coming up. So this one, they actually just like they're stuffing it in there when it's not supposed to be in there. And even though they're saying they're taking their time, which they are on the scientific side, they're actually really coming against the dichotomy of uh, truly regulation that's just in name or regulation that is going to prevent someone from accessing a hazard. So I am anxious to see what's happening with the emergency temporary standard is coming. There's whoa, no, whoa, whoa. So I'm, I'm, at a, I'm at a total loss here. So going forward, then when people have meetings, they're almost going to have to have time out, time in. And then how long do they have to be separated for? So how long is the time they can be together? How long is the time that they have to be separated before they can get back together? That's going to probably be an interesting one because, you know, that everybody's going to try to you yeah. know, skedaddle around it. Yeah, and that's only one way uh, about it. And then that just will go towards how are we going to now control the hazard because we got exposure to the hazard. How do we control it? So meaning, same thing. I got to go into a permit required confined space entry and there's gases in here that could kill me. All right, how am I going to control the exposure? I'm going to wear, you know, be fit tested and everything else with my respirator. And then now I'm going to control this hazard. So if you can't separate yourself, for COVID-19 or SARS, the coronavirus. <laughs> uh, uh, so in that one, then you're going to end up having to do the additional control, whatever you're going to use. So it could be respirators, could be face masks, could be whatever. But uh, OSHA is saying not doing anything isn't an option. And the other thing they triggered is how do you contact trace employees and saying it's only coming from your fellow employees versus the home environment or, you know, some people just they're not comfortable with wearing masks and never have been through the whole pandemic or whatever the reasons are, you know. So imagine that person is your coworker. You're in a vehicle with them going from your office to your job site every day. You may be great with a mask, but uh, the concentration, if this person is symptomatic, they could have a viral load that is really big in this cab. And now you're looking at even your mask could get blow through. It's a possibility. How do you trace that, contact trace that to say my exposure to this individual got COVID, not my wife's exposure at her workplace? This one's going to be fun. Buckle well, up. I mean, I, I'm just trying to figure out how are they going to regulate it and what are the fines going to look like? That's going to be the the big two questions that are going to come out of this, of course. Oh, they're they're like both feet jumped into that tank on regulation and fines that that ship has already sailed. <laughs> so what is, so what's the fine? What are, do you have rough numbers right now? Yeah. Yeah. I can look it up real quick. Um, see, this is all real time. So Jay gets, <laughs> gets the benefit. So if you guys are going to follow along with me, what you do and do not follow along with me if you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> Don't follow me if you're driving. Okay. Got it. Don't follow me if you're driving, <laughs> but if you're at home, simple thing, just go to OSHA.gov. And uh, so what you're really looking for is on the OSHA.gov website, a web page, on the homepage, you're going to see a coronavirus um, notification. Sometimes they do it as a uh, button. Sometimes they do it as an actual, uh, like a landing type page. Uh, what you're really looking for is the one with the fines. 
if you can't find it, you're going to look on the middle of the page, go to the right in the middle of the page, and it'll say COVID-19 response summary. And then once you do that, click on enforcement data. So once you go through the enforcement data, you're going to really start looking at uh, inspections with citations. That's the wording of it, the heading. So I'm going to give you guys a couple of them real quick. It looks like um, I'm just looking at penalties. They do name names. They tell you the companies. They tell you the states. <laughs> <laughs> but here's one. I'll get a citation. And uh, if I could have shared my screen, I would. But uh, we got a citation here for $9,464. It looks like the violation is 1910-134. 1910-134, 1910-134, all respiratory protection. All right, let me scroll down the standards. The standards are only the numbers. I'm looking for one that's record-keeping. All right, 1904, uh, 39. Okay, here's a record-keeping one. $11,567. Wow. Uh, now the record-keeping one, $15,000. Uh, one that's mixed. Oops, here's another record-keeping. Solely record-keeping, two citations, one company, 11567 So I'm looking through these, just kind of eyeballing it. I know I'm doing it live, but it's just eyeballing it. it let's, like let's keep it real, the real world. Oh, sorry, wrong thing. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we need to know in real time what's going on. So here's going to become the question, because, of course, we're always talking about what's going on inside of the world. But here's where this argument's going to come about. So yeah. we, I know you and I have had discussions. I don't remember if they've been on air, off air, but I know we've discussed it, where essentially OSHA is the bare minimum standards of what to look forward to. So now you'll mm -hmm. see some people coming out saying that now we are doing above and beyond. And is it really required? Why is it required? Now, here's the thing. With OSHA changing this dramatically with this particular portion, how are you going to go above and beyond? I mean, what would be considered above and beyond at this particular point? I mean, they really are doing something extremely different for their normal approach. Yeah, and that becomes personalized. And it is different from their normal approach because of a change of, of um, every time OSHA changes administrations from Democrat to Republican. And it uh, doesn't mean, you know, what the, uh, what the actual president's name is doesn't matter it's just the philosophy behind democrats and republican osha was came in about in 1971 the administration the act is 1970 throughout that whole cycle every time there's a democrat osha went one way every time there's a republican osha goes another way so very simply is republican administration would be more uh compliance assistance under uh, osha and then uh compliance enforcement for the Democratic side. Uh, right or wrong, it doesn't really matter. It just is. It's just something. So when you're coming to survival with OSHA, the first thing you need to know is what, uh, which one of the parties are in office. And now, you know, do I need to really beef up my, my uh, regulation side or should I go ahead and, and we, could, we could just maintain and hang in there? <laughs> and some people do that, unfortunately. So I knew at one point you were going around teaching a class called OSHA under Trump's administration. Are you going to be updating this for the one with Biden currently? Mm, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the one that I was uh, doing for uh, for some of the big associations was 
the future of OSHA, the Donald J. Trump era. And I named it that because it was really, you know, catchy. And, uh, you know, at that time, it was like 2016, just when uh, we knew that uh, the the change of the administration wasn't going to happen. So uh, now uh, I would probably do it. And I think I need to wait next year. Uh, the only reason why is uh, you need to see the new uh, administration seems to be going slightly different from what the Obama administration did. If you're going to do any comparisons between uh, Biden and meaning he was there for the Obama administration. So therefore you're thinking he might do the exact same thing here. Uh, they had in, in the Obama administration, a different director, Dr. Michaels. I don't know if you remember him, right? Uh, do you? Yeah, you're not a compliance compliance guy. You're one of these guys, a pie in the sky culture people, you know. know. Pie in the sky, wow. I've heard that a couple of times. Uh (laughs) So in that era, uh, what you had truly was Dr. Michaels really believed in what's called behavioral economics. We all practice behavioral economics, even if we don't know it. If I was going to ask you, Jay, you come over to where I live, and uh, I've never been invited. <laughs> you have, <Yeah>. I think. <laughs> and you're going to house sit, and now you're house sitting, and you're like, man, I'm hungry. So you talk to the significant other, and you're going to say, all right, where are we going to eat? What are you going to do to find the best place to eat in this area? Uber Eats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's fair. And, and what are you looking for? I don't know. Every time I go anywhere, regardless of where it is, it's Mexican food. So. That's where I go with. You are the taco queen. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the answer I was trying to bait the witness, and you know what the answer was. You're just messing with me. The answer is your ratings. You're Mm -hmm. looking at the ratings. That's the first thing you're looking for, right? So uh, what Dr. Michaels did is he created um, an idea behind that. It's called behavioral economics, yes, but then he went a little bit further, and he he loosely termed it well not loosely he actually said shaming and uh, so basically what'll happen is you if you're an employer and you have a high number of violations or even a dollar figure that's really high this now will trigger where you'll be in the OSHA newsletter <laughs> and you would actually be right on the OSHA website and you're, you know, high, big, bold, you know, Jay Allen Inc. just had this violation of, and they'll splash the money on there. Uh, that was so that you would have competition between who would have a race to, uh, to a higher level of performance so you could stay off of that list. And then also it would, pe- it would be a... Also oh, trying to blame yeah. and shame people. Oh, sounds, sounds fantastic. Absolutely. <laughs> so I don't think the new administration is going to go that far because the person they have now uh, that is probably going to get it, he has to go through the nomination part, is coming from Cal OSHA. So it's going to be more stringent. Uh, because mm-hmm. Cal OSHA is the most strict in our in our union. You uh, almost said our hood. You almost <laughs> said our hood. I heard that. <laughs> West Side. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's going to be interesting because you're you're spot on when it comes to that. I'll tell you, I, I used to interact quite a bit with some transportation organizations um, out of California, and they had some of the strictest requirements on what they're looking for. So I guess right now, because we're still still a little bit out of it. There's not really a way to compare it. But on the other things that you're seeing at the same time, too, are there any other weird oddities that are going on behind the scenes from what you've been able to pull up information wise outside of the COVID stuff? 
And by the way, before I know that you talked about behavior economics, I always think about Freakonomics, that book. It's so excellent. Um, if you haven't yeah. read it, definitely, I would just recommend picking it up. Yeah, actually, I did not read that. I heard about it back then. I believe, what is that, a 90s book or? I think it's a, it's an early, two, yeah, it's early 2000, but there's like three or four different parts to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've heard that one before. So it's it, the, the, if I was going to pull out the crystal ball and, and dust it off and you know, see what's coming up, um, truly, here's the things that are, um, I believe uh, OSHA is now using uh, what is happening with COVID-19 to be more of a going concern. Like if you're in a business and you know your business is going to last forever and ever, they call that a going concern. Uh, so now I believe they create, well, I know for sure they created a brand new position with someone who is a pandemic expert. So this isn't going away. It's just going to be different iteration of uh, how they're going to enforce this. So you're going to see a little ebb and flow of pandemic. It was not going to just say COVID. It's going to be pandemic response. So OSHA is going to be on this. They're going to track it. They're going to be proactive. So that's a big change. They've never done that before. They've always been reactive. So this one looks like they're putting in place someone that could be proactive specifically for pandemic. So that's one of the things. The other thing that I'm really looking at right now that is a big uh, issue with OSHA is always been staffing. Their staffing is just abysmal. I mean, <laughs> truly, uh, you do the math, and uh, this is on their website. They tell you that if you do the math, truly it's going to take one inspector uh, 80 pretty much about 80 years to to uh, to visit all of the different sites that they would have to visit so they don't have that uh, kind of capability. They're hiring like mad. I mean, OSHA is hiring. You're not going to hire that many people without enforcement. So again, that's the future of OSHA. They're going into compliance enforcement. It'll probably be heavy the first year or two because our fatality numbers went up. The fatality numbers have been trending up for the last three years. Uh, the 2017 numbers went down from the 2016 numbers, which is the transition from Obama to Trump. Uh, so that transition went down slightly, looked good. But then three years in a row, we started trending up. We always are around 4,800 4, to about 55 to now maybe 5,200 people. And it's really sad when you're thinking about that, you know, because it's always that level. Why can't we ever break that? And that, I believe, is a feature of OSHA thing that I, I think they're trying to crack that with this administration just because of the people they put in place. That's the only reason why I say that. Go to OSHA.gov. Uh, and on the one tab on the top left, you're going to see about OSHA. Uh, so you basically hover your mouse down there, let it drop. And then you want to make sure you uh, hit that and you look at the uh, organizational chart. You'll start seeing that they're putting people in place that are going to lead. They're going to have some enforcement. So you may actually see OSHA more because of the way they, uh, uh, they're positioning themselves. So as you see that and you reference it, well, you already are aware that they've been understaffed for a long period of time, so they're going to beef up staffing. What do you think that's going to look like? Because, okay, yeah, enforcement, 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 but are people going to have the knowledge base? I mean, because 
there's still a lot of training that needs to take place. I mean, I would say that if I know anybody that could probably go into code enforcing with OSHA, it would probably only be you that I can name off of a, of a list of tons of people that I know. Um, so what do you think about that? And let me just add this little caveat. Is that even something you would consider doing? Yeah, actually, um, I am completely unemployable right now. <laughs> <laughs> I truly like uh I like being on my own. I I don't know, getting back into the grind and, and having to be someplace set every day, yeah, at the same time, the same office. Oh, they'll kill me. It <laughs> really would. I I'm not built for that anymore. Uh but uh, make I, your make your side hustle become your main thing. That's really what he was trying to point out there. He's not bragging too much. Yes. Oh, yeah, there you go. Thanks. Help me. Keep up my image, brother. <laughs> but uh, now you lost question. See no, so, I- the inf- so the enforcement side, do you think how is that going to work in regards to when they bring all these new people in to train them? Because it's going to take a long period of time, I'd imagine, unless it's going to be, we'll call it cowboying in regards yeah. to going out there and just saying, okay, this is your knowledge base that you already have. Go, go do what you think is correct within the compliance piece. Uh, no, they've got that worked out already. So there's um, documents out there called, uh, there's emphasis programs is really what they call it. Uh, so there's a bunch of emphasis program that will take precedent. So they'll look for those, um, what the emphasis is just for, for everybody that's like, hmm, emphasis program, what is this? Uh, what the emphasis is, is truly OSHA says these items, these things, these chemicals, this industry, they have a higher hazard Therefore, we're going to look at these industries a little bit more and they break it up by regions. So some are national, yes, and some are regional. So to the, to the compliance officers, they actually will focus on those things first. But then after that, if there's other uh, things that they need to focus on, there's a tier of how to do that. And uh, they also have a document called the Field Operation Manual. So if you, the numbers keep changing, they keep updating it. But if you type in Field Operation Manual in the OSHA website, right now I believe it's 164, you will have the document they train newbies on. So (laughs) here you go, read this thing, go out there, go inspect. And now it's formalized and it's systemized. The reason why they do that is they don't want you to go to, you know, um, uh, Tosha, Tennessee, OSHA, and they're going to have different rules and regulations on how to regulate someone uh, than you would have in Texas where there's federal OSHA. They're going to homogenize that stuff and harmonize it with the document of field operation manual so it's it's the people that's going to plug they're uh it's a plug and play that's pretty oh, much so, so essentially when they evolve the whole thing and it becomes cal osha for the whole country it'll be quite interesting to see that's where i think we're going that's the nutshell i really think we're going there and one of the things that cal osha has that no one well not no one but that federal osha has been trying to do is something called an injury illness prevention program and it's really formalizes safety and health to the point that it is codified if you don't investigate an accident. And now you could get cited for that. It's codified where you don't actually give resources to your safety department and starve at resources. You could get cited for that. You could get cited for not having at least one person who is in charge of your safety. Uh, so that, I believe, is the future of OSHA. So does more compliance make us, make us safer? That's really what it's going to boil down to. 
because that's that's the question. And it's interesting because when you say that one person's responsible for safety, that's something that the transportation business has been doing for quite some time, where they have a state representative essentially for the company that oh. oversees it. So it's interesting on how how the layout of really on how everything's going going to go into one cycle. And it, the other portion there is it was actually in California where that originally started, at least on the transportation side. Go figure. Yeah, figure. Well, Cal OSHA started that. Um, uh, it was another name before his injury illness prevent, uh, prevention program. It kind of switched names along the way, but they were really into this. I believe in seventy, like seventy nine or something similar to that. They started this concept. Were there uh, people alive at that time? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, back in the day, they used <laughs> to actually write in in their in their uh, their bids. They would save a buffer for fatalities. Wow! Can <laughs> you so, believe that? So let me so let me ask: When did you start taking the dive into this? Because I don't think I've ever asked you that. When did you start really looking at a lot of the OSHA compliance side of stuff? Uh, when I switched over from EPA compliance, I actually started in with the EPA compliance first and I, uh, and the business, or at least my mindset was just, let me stick with wastewater. Let me stick with the utility field with water and liquid utilities, what they call it, the water, wastewater distribution. Liquid utilities. Wow. We'll leave it at that. Let's not talk about solids. (laughs) (laughs) But they're solid waste. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is a really bad yeah. uh, so uh, truly when I uh, I started to get out of my business and I mean uh, get onto the business got out of uh, working for somebody which was the state of the Florida back then so I, I quit my state job and I decided all right I am going to go ahead and, and go full-time and I had already started part-time but I was like all right I'm ready to take that plunge and I couldn't sustain business Jay <laughs> I mean I was only gonna go wastewater and there wasn't enough work and I was like well I've always done safety I'm qualified in safety I have a safety designation I'm not gonna just stop my business because I can't get wastewater work so I just started just diving into the same way I learned uh Title 40, which is the Environmental Protection Agency's title. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this for Title 29 <laughs> and start digging into OSHA's title. And that's really how I did it. So as you're doing this now, because of all these changes and all this stuff going on, what are you going to recommend to people to start doing? Are you just going to send them to the OSHA site or would you say that probably give the, give you a call, see what they, you guys can come up with? I mean, with all the changes taking place, of course. And yeah. you're on this. That's the fun part. Because most of the times I talk to people, they're like, oh, there's a change. Uh, yeah. And I normally most of the time know that there's a change if I'm watching your if I'm watching your live show that you do. Yeah, that yeah. way I know, hey, this is what's going on. I love you watching the live show because you're you're my best heckler. <laughs> <laughs> and you tell me when I, uh, you know, your sound's off or whatever. You're <laughs> on. I check my phone to see, all right, what's, what's missing? <laughs> because you, you take care of a brother. You want to make sure that I can actually do my performance without looking like a slub. <laughs> Just a technical term. <laughs> yeah, so uh, truly the way I keep up, and here's a nice little practical way. I mean, everyone can do this one. Google and go ahead and Google alert OSHA compliance, uh, Google alert OSHA, or the specific thing you're looking for. So what will happen is when you do that, as soon as the web scours any, or as soon as Google scours the web for any reference of that phrase, 
uh, and it has to be in a what they call a Boolean search, meaning you do quotation marks with whatever you're looking for. Like if I wanted OSHA compliance help, uh, I would do ditto uh, uh, quotation marks around OSHA compliance help together. Uh, keep space like normal, but just put quotations around it. So what you did is called a Boolean search. And Boolean that means <laughs> Google will only look for that phrase. So you don't want to get a, a search back of all the OSHAs, all the compliance, all the help, anytime they mention those words. And once you do that, then you're always going to have some sort of notification that the web has a tickle through the web of OSHA phrases or whatever the phrase you're putting in there. I'd even do Jay Allen in quotes <laughs> and yeah, for you, Jay, not, not everyone doesn't need to know when your name comes up on a country, <laughs> country singer, country singer comes up normally. Oh, that's true. That's true. Oh man. That song that you played, I'm still, you know, emotional every time I play that one song from that show. And uh, that's the, uh, oh, man. It's, it's Blank Stairs, and it has actually um, James Skipper Hendricks on it, and it is still the top-rated episode that we've had to date. Still is. Really? Uh-huh. Wow. Yep, 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 yep. Hendricks with Skipper. I like that man. <laughs> He's a very nice guy. like him. Okay, so I have agreed to torture. So I, should I say this out loud? Because I think I am right now already. So right. I said that I would start and then I would let you and I will try to do my best to answer anything you got. And I said try. No, no, no. you're going to try <laughs> to do your best not to start interviewing me. <laughs> I actually said, okay, I'm going to give Jay his interview without uh, without interrupting or not getting him into, into mine. Uh, I actually was really, really, my mind for for working with you kind of opened up a little bit and truly i i'm starting to to see a lot of the organizational things that you're doing behind the scenes yes but even looking at some of the things safety fm and the vision that you have beyond that what what change? Because there's there's some action happening. What what's what's going on? I, well, well, just, that's a that's a very broad question. What do you mean? There's some action going on. I I probably need a little have a little bit more specific where I can understand what you mean. Well, think of it this way. You know, like when you you, you have a, a little infestation and it starts in the kitchen with something, and then all of a sudden you're in the bathroom and you're like, man, I'm killing this bug over here. Uh, safety FM seems to have been like like coming out of the internet and all of a sudden I'm like, hold on, there's a safety FM event going on right now. And you know, uh-huh. who's playing. So what's, it seems like it's a concerted effort to expand the brand or. Uh, you know, uh, that's that's a good that. question. That's a good question. It's not really uh, expanding the brand. And I said that damn thing that I hate when people tell me that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I just said it, uh, but he, that's the thing. It's not really about expanding the brand. I would say probably expanding the messaging. I think what has ended up taking place is that we have gotten a hold of a group of misfits. And I say that with love um, yeah. and put and kind of got us all together where we can do different things at different times. The whole thing that I said from the very beginning, and that has not changed, is that I want people to have different viewpoints than what I have, because I think that that's very important. I don't ever want to be one of the like the large organizations that you can only view safety in this fashion or you can only view organizations in this fashion. I think that it should be a conversation across the board. And I've said it. If you come onto the radio station and you're taking a listen 
and your behavior-based safety. I want you to be able to go into hop. I want you to be able to go into these other fundamental courses and even some of the stuff that we do that's not even safety related per se, um, where it's just conversations where I want you to take a listen from a different point of view. I never want to be known as the MSNBCs of the world or the Fox News of the world. I mean, size-wise, that would be excellent, but I'm talking more along the lines of one thing. Right. If I only listen to this because I go this way, I want it to be neutral where, yeah, I can say one thing. Somebody else can come on and say something entirely different and they don't have to align with each other. I just want people to be able to to come out and hang out. Um, The other side of the whole thing do we have a whole bunch of stuff going on at once? Yes. And that was the, that was done by design. Um, I never wanted people to feel restricted of now that you're part of us, you can only do this. Um, if you have an event going on and you want to say whatever you want to say, and we have an event going on on this side of the planet, you have another event going on a different side of the planet. Hey, those things happen. I mean, just because we do an event today does not mean that what some people might deem competitors are not doing an event on that same day. So I never have looked at it. I think that we do better when we join forces. Um, I mean, I think it's kind of interesting when we take a look around at some of the things that are going on right now, yeah. where I think four of us have started our own communities, quote unquote, um, mm-hmm. all at the same time, which I find kind of silly because I think that if we join forces and just did them all together, but everybody has to do their own thing that they think that's in their best interest. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's a, a very honest answer because truly in in some ways, uh, it's, it's a challenge, if you will, to, to unite for, for the safety FM family, which is great. I love that idea. I love that mentality. Anytime you, you call them like, I'm in, <laughs> I mean, so we took the calendar. I'm in. Uh, so the another thing that, that kind of had me going and thank you for the honesty there. Uh, I was just thinking recently with the, uh, you know, the, the pipeline that was hacked and truly the gas in this area has gone completely ridiculous. There's a safety question here. Hang with me. <laughs> um, one of the things that they decided to do was to waive some of the driver's times so they could do over-the-road driving to deliver faster. Um, what's going to be our trickle-down effect uh, the obvious, obviously, will be workers operating tired. You're one that's seen this industry on the on the other side. What's the other things, the mechanisms that that we may be missing as uh, lay people in this field? Well, I mean, here's the thing: you have to look at a couple of different portions here. Everything that you get, with it being food, home goods, anything that you can imagine that's normally tangible, has to come through some kind of delivery. So that's the first portion. So anytime that you start having constraints inside of a pipeline on how you're going to get things, it changes everything. I mean, we can go back and talk about the last nine months worth of wood on how there's been exceptions to that and all those kind of fun stuff. But let's not get into that portion. But what takes place that you're going to see is now there's going to be different mandates on how they're doing their vehicle logs. That's going to be the the portion of where they'll be able to do the exceptions. But just because I get an exception on my vehicle log does not mean I'm not tired anymore. Yeah. It does not mean that I'm actually doing everything that's correct. And let's be realistic. The people that are out there that are doing these jobs that are very difficult jobs, they're going to do everything that they believe that they're doing to remain safe, but also to get the work accomplished. Because mm-hmm. if my vehicle, because some of them have them inside of there, my vehicle doesn't function after X amount of hours because they, some of them have an actual trigger inside of them 
I won't mention I won't mention any brand like starts with the letter Q and ends with com, but we'll just let, and you can figure out the rest. Um, but I won't mention those because I don't want to start any trouble. But they do have actually some deactivators from the actual one end, so you can deactivate the actual vehicle from it actually moving. Hmm. So they're going to do everything possible to get that vehicle moving. Now there are some other logs which are now digital logs that have been like that for a few years at least here in the U.S. where they can say that they're on duty, not driving. So they essentially say that they're working, but they're not doing anything. So they might be unloading a truck, but then they can put that they're off on a break. And some of these devices are not super smart where you'll say I'm on a break, but you can still move the vehicle, even though you're not on a break. Yeah. So you're I, I, and now you're on a break. <laughs> right. And so then all of a sudden it'd be, well, th- there's some of them that are triggered that after you're waiting for, I think it's like 15 seconds and it depends on who's setting it up. It's considered on duty, not driving. So it doesn't account against your drive time. So if you get to a few stoplights throughout, all of a sudden, you know, you were driving, but you were technically stopped. I mean, you still should have been doing all the the checking the mirrors and all that kind of fun stuff. So it's going to change everything. But you're on duty, not driving, according to how that system sees it. Now, some of them, the normal is normally about 90 seconds. And let's be realistic. If you're in a major metropolitan area, you're going to have some long ass lights normally is the way that it actually works. So. So I think that where you're going to see a lot of the issues going on, and this is, of course, crystal ball question, uh, it becomes one of those things where the fatigue and that plays that plays a big factor into it. And then sitting behind that seat for a longer period of time. And then when we start getting into sleeper bursts inside of the inside of the larger vehicles, if they have them or not. I mean, there's so many different exceptions just depending on what kind of vehicle that you have. I'll tell you, I normally will stop any Amazon driver that actually comes comes to my house. And I'll ask how many deliveries they're doing for the day. And they normally kind of look at me like I'm crazy. (laughs) The average answer ends up being close to 95. So that's 95 on just an Amazon Prime vehicle. So I know that when it comes to these larger semi-trucks, that's not going to be the numbers. But still, what is the mileage that they're going? And keep in mind that most of the truck drivers, if they're owner-operators, they get paid by the mileage is how it works. Really? Mm-hmm. So they're incentivized to basically be on the clock longer or be on the road longer. Correct. Hmm. Do you think that this might have an unintended consequence that's going to end up leading to if we could keep doing these variances on and off, on and off? Why do we still need to have these variances and then eventually have some sort of lobbying for the company to regulate their own workers hours is there any way of that even happening well think about it this way why does automation become part of that conversation because that's where a lot of people are leaning to why do you think the tesla did so well when they started talking about that they're doing a fully automated semi truck now i will tell you i'm not even know if i'm allowed to talk about this but i'll say it anyways because who's going to say anything um right. i've actually been in a virtual version of the tesla semi truck um, i was not allowed to take pictures it was full headset full vr um, I got to do, I, I won't say where I was, but I was at a lab mm-hmm. um, that actually supports the software. And I was able to see what it actually looked like with the full automation on how it would work. Now, here's gonna where it's going to get interesting. When you start talking about fully automated video, um, actual vehicles, are we going to start looking into conductors now? Because essentially, that's essentially what you're going to become, because you're not really a driver. And I'm talking full automation. I'm not talking autopilot. There's some confusion right. there between the two things. Autopilot is an assist to get you to there where full automation drives the whole thing by itself. They still want you to have some level of control inside of there where they were, where they were, they would prefer for you to be behind the vehicle, but it's going to be interesting because if you're self-regulating and all of a sudden now you have a fully blown autonomous vehicle, 
how is that going to work? What's regulating it per se? The driver yeah. didn't fall asleep. And I mean, and I'm not picking on it because I'm, I'm going to tell you, this is the backbone of America on actually getting good to us. And I love what they do. They have one of the hardest jobs. I mean, think about it. When you're driving for a long period of time on how difficult that is when you're trying just even for vacation purposes, imagine right. doing that as for work purposes day in and day out and sleeping in the vehicle. Yeah. What, what kind of ergonomic issues are you guys seeing? <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's the thing. Depending on where you're at, you might have to, depending on your health, you have to actually get a DOT medical card. I've seen them as low as three months and then as frequent as two years on regards to getting testing and, you know, size of your neck, sleep. I mean, they go through a whole cycle of testing that they have to go through to make sure that they are still qualified for, you know, a commercial driver's license. Wow. Well, I guess if you're uninsured, apply for one of those jobs and full <laughs> physical. Well, no, I mean, it, it's one of those things that when you start taking a look at it, there's all charges associated to it. There's a charge for the CDL. You have to have that med card to be able to associate it. Now, there are some um, there's some groups that actually have their own version of a DOT med card. I would say that there might be a fancy place in the Orlando area that has a mouse, but let's not talk about the mouse that actually has their own version of a DOT card. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. the way that that card works is really slick. If you leave the actual place that has the mouse, that card's no longer valid. So you have to actually go reapply for it. It's not a difficult thing to go through, but if your health isn't as good as it once was, it could potentially become an issue. Yeah, yeah, that area is so incredible. I mean, truly, the jurisdiction in that is is ridiculous uh, because of what they, that the city that they have underneath the ears. <laughs> Maybe I should start calling it the largest employer in Florida. Maybe that would be the simpler way. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> because the, the second largest is close to you, um, which is always funny uh, because they have the villages has their own TV station, radio station, oh, yeah, their yeah, own yeah. newspaper and so on. And the lot, highest rate of STDs in all of the U.S. According to years ago, I don't know if it's still the yeah. case. I had a student <laughs> there, and she she pulled open the the window and curtains for me to uh, and, and explained what's happening over there. I'm like, who lot? <laughs> wow! Uh, another question that just came. It's a great retirement me. community. I mean, I'm not going to say otherwise. I would love to be there, but I'm not old enough. Yeah. Uh, don't worry, your time will come. <laughs> if you're lucky enough, right? Like all of us, if we're lucky enough, our time will come. And mm -hmm. we'll be able to be those seniors and enjoy that AARP. <laughs> now nah, I'll be in Mexico by then. And not New Mexico. I'm just talking regular Mexico. No, yeah, there you go. Uh, so many people going there. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's a lot. I want to go. Uh, one of the things that I I've got two quick questions just to squeeze in here. Um, one is on the management side, because you're one of these people that are the organizational manager um, guru you know, because of your actual doctorate. Uh, one, you're thinking about dysfunction in an organization that is leading to high safety issues. And now you're you're like the person that maybe the insurance company said, we are going to kick these guys off of insurance if they don't get their act together. What do you think you would say to the the leadership or management that that will uh, steer them towards safety culture? What what are some of the the management thing? We know some of the things you have to do as safety officers. 
such as the job safety analysis and doing more hazard assessments and auditing. We know the technical things to turn to ship. What about the the things you have to talk to, you know, the the people that are in the big big room, the the, the people that are the higher ups? What do you well, have to do to t- turn them? Well, a lot of people are not going to like this answer because it doesn't really align with some of the things on how people see the world of safety. The first thing that I would tell them is get rid of your safety culture. And that might shock some. And let me explain why I say that. Because I think that if you have a safety culture, it actually causes a small issue inside of your organization. Because when you're trying to treat something as a separate entity, it's never going to be adapted in through the whole organization. If you start looking at it as part of your culture and you start influencing these things into the culture of your organization, I think it actually becomes something entirely different. When you start looking at change management is really what you start looking at is how instead of having a safety person and nothing against safety person entitling, I think some of the credentialing and requirements can be slightly different um, when we're talking about change management, where you start looking into those different positions inside of the organization of saying, okay, this is a champion for change. And if you really want to look at how difficult it is to bring a culture up, there's a lot of paperwork on you on the UNICEF website. And I'll tell you, some, someone that gave me a lot of that information was Andrea Baker. Had a conversation with her, and she referenced that. And if you look at how you have to do changes within a culture, you have to almost apply those exact same things inside of the organizations. So going a little bit deeper into your original um, question about how do you tell that to management, it's telling them exactly that. Get rid of your safety culture just to see that initial shock on their face and explain why. But the other portion that you have to keep in mind, too, is you have to meet people where they're at. If I try to go in there and they have nothing and I say that, they're going to be cool with it. So you have to almost tailor it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the great part and bad part also at the same time. Normally, when I'm talking to upper management, they called me. I didn't call them. So they really want my honest opinion. Now, they might sit there and argue about some of their ideas. But at the end of the day, they called me. I didn't call them. So you called me for my honest opinion. You didn't call me for me to go. Let me agree with everybody else who's sitting inside of this room with you. That becomes interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's a tough conversation, but truly they should appreciate that because I do that all the time as a consultant. (laughs) You you called me. What do we got to do? I mean, and I know it sounds mean at times, but I get paid the same thing if you do it or you don't. And I know that sounds terrible. I really want to see the change within inside of the organization. That's why I'm there. But also at the same time, too, the management or the, the C-suite has to be open to the idea. I think one of the most difficult jobs inside of most organizations is middle management. Yes. It's the people from the C-suite that give the information to middle management. Middle management has to dispense it. I mean, it's, it's a very difficult task because you can't make both sides happy, Not at least not all the time. Mm-hmm. Wow. <sighs> Dropping some knowledge there. I mean, just like, boom. I, I should put that on my board, right? <laughs> <laughs> I got to use that board more. Uh, last question for me. And those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, the board is I got this nice little road caster board that I have that I could do sounds such as my laughter sound or something like that. If I really needed to. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> the kid laughter, right? Uh, what Jay Allen excites you right now? What is the thing that if you were uh, meeting up with a high school buddy in, in, nice COVID friendly environment. And they're like, Hey man, what are you up to now? What's going on? What's going to be like 
coming out your mouth. What, what are you saying? Well, here, here, it's probably not going to be what you expect. I have learned over the last few weeks the power of turning off my devices. Oh, that was good because like, oh, no, audio problem. No, no I, saw, I saw that it cut out. But the power of turning off my devices and being able to spend time with my family. And I know some people are going to be like, that's a canned answer. No, realistically, I have been able to spend time with my preteen and with my toddler and my wife and been able to do some things that we haven't been able to do before because we're always, okay, work busy. Now get back to the flow of things. Let's have the TV on and so on. No, it's been time of just spending time with them. And it's not being stimulated by a new, a new device. It's not being stimulated by something else. It's really being able to have that one-on-one interaction or that family interaction with them. And it's, it's been interesting because it's not something that I, I mean, and I've told you this before, I was previously married, not something that I enjoyed. I was always on the run, 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 run. Yeah. And now this has become something entirely different that I, and I never thought that I would actually enjoy. I always thought it would be something, eh, whatever it is what it is, but that's something that I really seem to enjoy. I also just think that probably because it has a lot to do that I'm getting old. Uh, so that's probably an, another factor into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's always a factor. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're adapting and changing along, along the, the way as well. So my friend, thank you so much for, for uh, extending your interview where you could add me uh, to interview you and you let me interview you. That's even hey. you know more rare. <laughs> hey, I, I'm, I'm trying to make the attempt to do so. I actually appreciate you actually taking the time to do this because I know that sometimes I can go long winded, but I appreciate you giving all the information that you did. And realistically, people really need to reach out to you if they're running into any issues when it comes related to OSHA. You're always on top of that game of exactly what's going on. I normally hear the changes that are going on before anything else, anybody else tells me anything. Um, I normally hear them from your show. So I appreciate everything that you're doing for the people out there. Excellent. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I really, uh, it's a passion and I want to really keep up on it. So what are you going to plug brother? Tell me what you got. Uh, cause I, I always put plugs on my show. I don't know if you do on your side, what, what's going on uh, here. Here's my plug. Go to the safety TV and sign up to learn how to become a consultant. There you go. All right. Nice. <laughs> nice. And then while you're there, open a tab and then just put in safety FM plus, dot com and check that out and it has been awesome 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 i love i love those uh those uh, around the pod world <laughs> <laughs> awesome but thank you man thank you so much thank you safety fm changing safety cultures one, one broadcast and one podcast at a time The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. So do you feel like you're missing out on what everyone is starting to do now, that live streaming thing, and you don't know where to start or what to do? 
I have the resource and the information to provide to you in regards on how you can stream onto 40 social media platforms all at one time. Yes, that's 44-0 social media platforms all at one time. All you'll need to do is go to safetyfm.com forward slash one. That's safetyfm.com forward slash one. That's O-N-E. So just in case, and you'll be able to start live streaming just like you're hearing people starting to do right now up to 40 social media platforms.